the thing that houses where to feel fancy. Oh, we're on, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Loose Head Sports Show, the number one sports show on planet Earth. Proudly brought to you each and every week by the terrible people that own, run, and manage Caffeine Gum Australia. Last week was a great gum week for Caffeine Gum, Jed. Good. Excuse me. This week, incredible week for Wandering Bear Sports. I've just done a highlights reel for the highest paid rugby player in the world. Really? Can't name names or who it's for, but yes. And it's a private video, so I can't share it. But uh, yes, very highest interesting. Highest paid player in the world. Jed Holloway. Unbelievable. Well done, mate. Congratulations. <laughs> well, I did actually do his last week or a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's good. It's fun to watch him go well this year um, and yeah, fulfill his cool. enormous potential. How it's very you, cool. It's very cool to be able to... I, I got home... Uh, Early on Saturday night after Wednesday, which was not very good, which we will touch on. Yes, I know, I know, we'll touch on it. Um, but I, and then I watched uh, the Wallabies game, and there was something, there was something in the water. They were never truly out. Like at halftime, I did. they weren't out of it. They just, they just weren't quite. It, the game wasn't done, so it was a fucking hell of a game to watch. It was fantastic. Yeah, I, I woke up knowing the result and then put it on because I'm like, holy fuck, they won. I was going to watch it anyway. And then I'm sitting there with Kate with 14 minutes to go going, how the f-? and Kate goes, how the fuck did they win this game? Right, incredible. So, so I wish I didn't know the result because I reckon watching the game without knowing the result would have been very, very fun. Um I was I fucked think- on I was fucked on Sunday because like I, I got home early and watched the game and Granger, who I live with, like got home at the same like he went to bed before I did because I was just glued to the I was glued to my laptop watching this famous victory at Cardiff. So it was, it was very, very good. Wild, wild year. Rugby's over and done with. Um, how do you look back on it? How do you reflect on everything that's going on? I, I, I got my thoughts. I think the game's as physical, as physically demanding as ever. And there's a lot of good, a lot of bad. What do you make of it? Reflecting on it, as I know you probably have done. I think the Wallabies ultimately, yeah, like the the bench paid dividends on the weekend. Right, some of the young guys paid dividends. I still think depth is going to be the issue for the Wallabies. And uh, amongst the mm, poor takes from the stand commentary team at times, there was a good take from Tim Horan where I think he said, you know, there's probably four or five guys on the field that are going to be on the field come late into the World Cup next year. And I think that's probably accurate. Um, and should that be the case, then I think you're in with a real crack. Um, the same guys who sort of can give you good outcomes and may have done so on the weekend are, are more rocks and diamonds players. Um, and I don't think that they're as well suited to high stakes test match footy weekend and week out. So I still think it's a depth issue for, for the Wallabies. And I think there's a big difference in a lot of positions between our best first and our third. Um, and even though obviously the weekend was a good example of that they can get the job done. I think I think it's mostly a depth issue, but overall, it's, I don't. I wouldn't say it's been a poor season at all. A lot of people being blooded, um, a lot of positives. But it'll be about getting the best guys on the park uh, come World Cup. So, like, I very much agree with you. The the Wallabies used fifty one players this year, which I, yeah. I don't know. I haven't looked, but I reckon that would be quite a lot compared to a normal year. I don't know what the average would be. 
And I, I agree. If you look through some of the injured players who are at home, there's some quality there. Like Angus Belt's coming back into the squad. Tanya, Taniela Tupo will be fit. You've got Isaac Rodder to come back. Then you've, you throw Rory Arnold back into the mix as well. There's there's guys there. Marika. Marika. Uh, Samu Karevi. You've got Quaid. Quaid will come back. Who knows what they do with him. Um, yeah, Hunter. There's a bunch of guys there. So if they can get the best team on the field at the start of the international series next year, hopefully play them into some form leading into the World Cup, anything's possible. The other thing, Jed, the difference on this is outlandish statement time, push back on it as much as you want. I think that the top 10 in rugby has never been closer at international level. And in many cases, if if both teams turn up on their day, it's really small things that decide test matches. A penalty, a forward pass, a referee decision, a, a lapse of judgment, a lapse of concentration, an overthrown line-out. So I, I reckon if you look back through the Wallaby season, the amount of small things that cost them big wins would be quite significant. Mm. And I, 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 reckon, I reckon you could say the same through most of the test matches this year. Occasionally there was a blowout, like South Africa touched England up on the weekend. That wasn't a close game. But more often than not this year, I think games were quite close and it was very small margins that actually decided the outcomes. Yeah. I, I, I still think that New Zealand and probably, uh, yeah, like New Zealand, a, a void of losing to a Georgia. Like, I don't think that's going to happen, even on, a, even on a bad day. I think the middle, the middle of the 10 can lose to the back of the 10. The 10's very tight. If anything, I think there's the Southern Hemisphere have closed the gap at set piece time a little bit to the north. Um, like England don't have a great scrum, and I don't know how that they're gonna uh, like Wales as well. Not amazing, so I I think that hurts their chances of winning a World Cup where it's super negative. You got to win set piece, got to keep penalties, sort of thing. Um, it's probably bodes well for Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. Like I think they stacked up quite well on the on the spring tour, considering it's all home games for the the guys up north. You know, it's it's their conditions. I think I think it boded. I think it came out well for the Southern Hemisphere. Who stood out? Who stood out? I think going strictly off the weekend and and looking back through the season, I think Pete Samu has to be in the team. I don't know what he needs to do to get a start. Maybe his role is impact player. I don't know, but I thought he was sensational. I I like Tate McDermott coming on at the back end of games. I I think that he added a lot when he came on the weekend. You know, I think Alan. Sorry, I think Nick White's. I think Nick White starts. And I think so too. Tate McDermott comes on probably. I I think so too. Like who else stood out for you this year? Mm, it's tough. They, I mean, I think Marika when he played was probably the best wing in the world, almost. Yeah, um, which is good. That's I think good Dave spot. Dave Parecki stood out. He's our starting hooker. I don't think anyone can deny that if he's fit. Yeah, there was some good. There was some good guys. I think there was some second <laughs> row depth, depth that was shown with guys injured. Um, where Cato and Nick Frost both did a good job. So those guys sort of stood out. I th- oh, yeah, I thought. Yeah, we need to we need to figure out what our ten is. I don't think, and it's pretty harsh based on the weekend. But the like Donaldson wasn't amazing at ten; he was okay. 
uh, Lalesio looked better, but also the game had changed and during that period. Whether you argue chicken or the egg, was he the driver of the change or did the change happen or he jumped on board? Um, but, you know, we've tried five tens or whatever this year. It's, it's maybe a good thing. You get a little glimpse into everyone, but, you know, you probably need to start being a bit more consistent there. Yeah, it's an it's an interesting one. Why do you think that they started Donaldson over Lolesio on the weekend? Well, I mean, we've seen Lolesio. How many how many tests has he played now? Twenty. Like he he's played a lot. He's played a fair few tests, so they know what he can and can't do. So, do you think it's just a case of giving Donaldson an opportunity in a? You know, Wales theoretically are a little bit down after losing to Georgia, and let's give him a chance in the cauldron just in case come World Cup next time next year. Um, you know, he does a Stephen Donald and he gets called in from the fishing trip to kick the World Cup winning, you know, goal kick. Yeah, probably. Is I that mean, what you the, think they're thinking? Probably. If the, the <clears> team <throat> had been by its own, in a very natural way, the team had been diminished, right? It, it got worse. It wasn't the team's fault, but like, you know, five, six, seven guys have gone home it was more of a it was a it was a, on paper a, a weaker side than you would have fielded a month prior so there's probably more incentive to take those chances okay the other thing i wanted to ask a lot of injuries this year um i think every year people claim to have some idea about injuries are we under training are we over training or is it just strictly bad luck because that can be a factor as well. Just literally bad luck. I think they've had something like three Achilles ruptures, which is very unusual in mm. a year. Fifty odd people were out injured. Yeah, you've you've had some experience being leader of team Bin Juice at the Rebels. What is it? Why do people get injured? Is it just something that no one really fucking knows about? And it's an educated guess. Oh man, I, I don't I don't know. I, I reckon there'd be a, some very good S and C somewhere pulling their hair out at the moment, particularly with us talking about it. But there's times where you can obviously see a correlation between injuries and what you're doing, like being leader of team injuries. If you're, if you're banging into each other three times a day, you're going to get more contact-related soft tissue injuries. Like it happens. More people hurt their shoulders or, you know, and not like I'm not saying long-term things. And then you look at where I am at the moment, Hong Kong, we have so many knee injuries. So that's a big part of that would be to do with the deck. With the deck. So you've got yeah. Astro, which is five out of the six surfaces, including which all fucking training. sucks, by including the way. Including all training. So I've got a I've hurt my knee. We've got we've had maybe three ACLs, four, four ACLs, which is a lot. Um, and like a few other knee injuries. So I certainly think that there is some science behind the loading. I don't know what you do. I don't know about those specifically, though. I think the S like the SNC program from Wallabies will be having a good look at that and evaluating breaks and evaluating rests and stuff like that. What's the balance between doing contact work and getting conditioned for contact and doing too much contact work and getting injured? I've I've heard both sides of the story. No one's really given me a good answer. I've experienced both training methodologies as a player. I know what I think. But what do you like? What what's the answer there? Is it a little bit of this, a little bit of that? I'd, I'd have to sit. I'd have to sit on the fence and do sort of closer contacts, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and then play to where you are in the season, without having a fucking team of scientists to tell me what to do. I've been in 
teams where you just smash into each other all the time. And the outcome was lots of injuries, but good at contact. So, and I've been, like, I know guys who've been in professional teams that have done almost no contact through a whole preseason, which would have been an absolute fucking dream, just quietly. I would have, why wasn't I in that side? Um, so I don't know what the the answer is. I think the Kiwi teams do a little bit less contact from what I've heard than our super rugby sides. I know the force when I was going around would used to do a lot less, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I tread in the middle. If I was running the program, I'd probably tread in the middle. It's an interesting one because I don't think you can never do contact because how do you, how do you test new skills under game-like situations? And the only way to do that is to go body on body. So I think you have to do it, but this, you know, I've experienced all contact all the time and I don't know if that's the answer either. You know, I think probably learning new skills under lower pressure and then applying external pressure through bodies and game specific situations is important, but how to manage that is far smarter people than me. And in reality, Jed, I think most people don't have a fucking clue and it's just an educated guess. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I I think each head coach has their own sort of idea and then they weave it into their S&C and that's about it. Yeah, no one no one really fucking knows. But look, interesting. I I I'm not convinced that the media is doing a good job of portraying the true story of what's going what's gone on here this year. Um I think yeah. overall decent year. Funny you t- said that. Funny you said that cuz you're talking about it last week and I go on Fox Sports every day and have a look cuz I like sport. And I like to know things. Um and I went on on Sunday, and I scrolled through the whole page. I'll send you the video. There was mm. not a single rugby article, not one. So, like, they've been quite a famous, and I understand that the, they lost broadcast rights, all that bullshit. Like, there'd been quite a famous test match victory the night before. There wasn't a single rugby article. So, all these fucking dude, piece of shit articles about, I don't know, some four week old story about the Live Golf Tour or the AFL draft or things that, you know, they weren't Who that. Who gives early. a fuck about that shit? There was not a single, like, Five, six, seven scrolls. It wasn't a single article on the win. So, yeah, I I don't care what anyone says. I think Fox Sports are fuckwits, and I think that they're just unhappy that they lost the TV rights to Stan, who do a vastly superior job in nearly everything that they do, and they're just not going to give rugby any credit because they don't want Stan to be successful. Probably, it seemed news like semi newsworthy though. Um, so pretty disappointing. I don't know who covers it then because. I mean, there are sports coverage. Maybe Daily Telegraph, Sydney Morning Herald. I don't know. But wonder about sports. Now, wonder tell me, bear. how's the serotonin in your brain today? Oh, I got, like I got to be. I still don't feel great. Last Wednesday, we went for a um, like a quiet beer, and then like in a real sliding doors moment, <laughs> one of the guys messaged and said, "Oh, like we were on the way to the train to go home. Like five beers. Do you want to come for a beer in one try? I'm like we're in one try already." <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll drop in, say hello. Next minute, it's like 4 a.m., 5 a.m. And I, it was, like, look, people bounce back like Granger, who I live with, he's, I don't know, maybe just because he's got a luck, he doesn't have a brain, I'm not sure, but he just sort of wakes up the next morning like a soldier. Like, I, I was I was slain for many days. Um, Firstly, welcome to Hong Kong, finally. That uh, that happens to even the strongest amongst us, and it happened to me all the fucking time, at least twice a week when I was there. Um, 
I don't know what the second part is, but it's very, very fun to go out in Hong Kong and time can escape you very quickly. Well, Wednesday night is ladies' night. I don't know if they still do it, but when I was there, that's the only night that you're legally allowed to gamble in Hong Kong because they got the races on. Yeah, they did have the races on. And the locals love gambling. And it's also ladies' night, so women in Hong Kong didn't pay for a drink when I lived there. So you go out for two beers, get home at 8 a.m. People are going straight from the bar dressed in suits to their offices. Yeah, that's pretty much how it is. I think work from home has changed a lot of lives here. Um, because only certain professions and really have to do that anymore. Like I know a lot of people are just sort of rolling over, picking up their laptops and saying they're online um, and probably doing so. doing some things occasionally. But like, um, yeah, it just, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm old. Maybe it's because I've already done this dash, but I, it just kills me. Like I'm, I'm, it kills me for so long. And the irony was going into that Wednesday, I felt so good. I was like, lifting weights, like eating well, sun, like the whole nine yards. That's why I was so excited to have three or four beers on a Wednesday and then immediately, you know, I'd never want to drink again. So I had a few, I had a, I went to a, an absolutely packed place on Saturday night for a little bit, um, but I was home. Was that to in Kwai Fong? No, it was uh, Bobby's, Bobby's or something in um, Central somewhere. They had, put on free free drinks, which obviously attracts a lot of people. They do that um, in Hong Kong all the time, don't they? Oh, I, I don't know. But they, yes, they, they do. I don't. <laughs> it was so packed. Um, so I was slightly claustrophobic, but it was it was fun. Um, but, yeah, I was home early and um, I do coaching on Sundays. So that's the one thing that actually is very good for me. I'm not about big... to say I do coke on Sundays. No, no, no. I don't do that. I do I, my, the 18th team. <laughs> The 18s team that I coach with, one of the guys plays every Sunday. So that varies from sort of four o'clock in the afternoon to like 8 a.m. So depending on which weekend, it sort of checkmates you from really going out hard. It doesn't stop some people who just roll straight from wherever they are. To I did that a few times. Ended up, yeah. the, the weirdest one I had was I ended up in the new territories and I needed the money. So I got up. I would have had two hours sleep, got on the train to the new territories, like five different stops. You know, it's just way out in Hong Kong, way out. Mm. I think I've told this story before, but the local Chinese, it was a local Chinese club versus another local Chinese club. And they ended up having like a, the, the most insane punch on that I've ever seen. Police who were in the area got called in. <laughs> Eating. You know, I just sat there because I, I, I couldn't move. I couldn't yeah, and you look, I, I try and stay out of the new territories. For anyone who doesn't know <laughs> that, it's sort of like the Hong Kong Island, which is big but small and compact. You sort of get everywhere you need to in 15 minutes. And then there's across the harbour to sort of the mainland China, but still technically Hong Kong. That's um, Kowloon. Kowloon. Yeah, but you're talking further. Or you're talking way, south. Way out. I, I don't know its direction, but it's like, oh, it must be south. Must so be south. I, got, I got the 18s and I really like the 18s. There's some good players, good kids. Um, and so that's really good because I enjoy doing that on my Sunday. So that that checkmates most of my Saturday nights, which is nice. doesn't checkmate everyone. depends what your attitude is to life. But given that I'm soft, um, it means I like to get plenty of sleep. Now, I messaged you not only about that last week, but about our game on Saturday. So I'm injured. I've got a busted knee. I'm still waiting for an MRI, uh, which will come some point this week. Um, the there was seven cards in our game on Saturday. 
So there were six yellow cards and a red. Now tell me, without being racist at all and remembering that I was born in Hong Kong, so I could say this, was the person refereeing a native Hong Konger? No. Interesting. He was Australian. Oh, no. So I've been I've been yellow carded twice since I've been here. Now you're going yeah, after the Australian Hong Kong refs. Hold on. I'm not going after them. I'm stating something. I've been yellow carded twice. And I reckon I actually did some, by research, I mean, trying to remember. I reckon in 10 years in the shoot shield, I got <coughs> two yellow cards. One was mistaken identity and one was a team infringement thing, right? In 10 years. I, and I've got two in five games. It's because you um, were, you usually played on the left edge. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything's changed over here. So something's changed. But the I suppose that not no one really considered that a strange outcome. Like I don't think the referee, like I spoke, like he was like, well, that was that got out of control. Um, but the way things are here, it's very, 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 very different. So there were seven cards and probably four four times getting marched for chatting to the ref. And chatting to the ref in Australia, I would say is like, you got to be, you got to say some shit. You got to say some stuff. Like, you got to be like, you're fucking kidding me. Fuck something, 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 right? Over here, one of the guys got marched for like a non verbal, like just putting his hands up, as in like a come on, like come gesticulating. on, gesticulating and got marched. So, like, it's very different. Um, but there was, like the first yellow card was one of their guys did a high tackle. Our guy quick tapped. The guy tackled him again. Our guy around the ball pushed him. They all got yellowed. They all got yellowed. So it's, 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 mad. I don't know whether they think the rest of you think that's normal. It's fucking not normal. I'd love to, I'd love to know if they think that they've ever, if they've ever seen a game. The last game I reckon I've seen with seven cards was like Romanian D3, where everyone's kicking the fucking piss out of each other on the sideline. Like You would coach, watch that too, wouldn't you? I have seen it. And the coach is like yeah. trying to stab one of the players with his clipboard. Like that's the last game with seven cards. Like what are, what are, what are we talking about here? Every game has numerous cards in them. Look, I, th- I remember, I th- look, I think I said this to you, but Hong Kong is not a place to go to to improve your rugby career. It's a fun lifestyle lifestyle and a and an adventure and yeah, but the, uh, that just yeah. proves it and did but you win it's, it's very small sample size right of of refs so like there's probably there's only like six or so and they yeah. do every game every week there's not many so they're not i wouldn't say they've they've got like a massive they're not super used to doing a shitload of rugby and having guys go oh come on sir and they go no 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 i saw it how i've seen it it's like if if they hear that they're offended and they're challenged and they they you question my authority i freak out so like i was in the commentary box on the weekend and there was i just seven cards like that the mic had to be shut down at various points as i was who was was commentating jedi uh i wasn't i was on music no not Uh, you but there's a there's a commentator jedi theon no just the just the guys who were injured just a few of those guys so but geez, it was scary. It was just scary. Like seven's just so many. Look, yeah. Look, that they, they had a professional program for a while. Are they are they out of the World Cup running now? They would be. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Be interesting to see what happens there. Look, amazing country, Hong Kong. I feel like with the money that that city has, it could be the next Japan. 
but I don't I don't know why they don't want to pursue that track because like I, I think they could very easily have a competition that was equivalent to the J- Japan top league. Um they certainly have the resources to do it and they as did you, have the resources. They had the resources. That, well, the, the I, track- I think the local clubs would still have the resources through the communities that they have. But the, Hong, the amateur Hong Kong, Hong Kong, clubs, the amateur clubs. Oh that's yeah, why, I, that's why they don't do it. Okay, yep. Yeah. Well, look, the uh, Waratahs were amateur till they weren't. All Blacks, Wallabies. I mean, the nature of the club, though, like the a place to go and, you know, put your feet up and swim and stuff. It's like, it's I don't know, it's based on that old, like, English amateurism thing. So, I agree. Have you, been to, have you been to cricket club yet? No, why would I go there if I could go to the rugby club? No, just to check it out. That's It's worth a look. And, and the other thing that they I didn't know about Hong Kong is how close knit the rugby community is. So you you get to know everyone pretty well. So if you're an absolute fuckwit on the field, um, you tend to be socially isolated pretty quickly from from all the groups. Because if you go out on a Saturday night, which I'm sure you do all the time, you go to Lang Kwai Fong, all the rugby fucking people are there. Yeah, it's true. I don't I don't hate it. It's probably a touch too claustrophobic for me. It's probably a touch too. I mean, I'm not immune from fucking calling someone something on a, on the field, um, but no, it's, yeah, you're right though. Everyone sort of goes to the same places, which is it's not that small. Fuck, there's a lot of bars. It's, it's there crazy. Are a lot of, there's an unbelievable amount of bars in Hong Kong. I, I think the street I lived on had like 15, and half of them are small. And the actual, actually, the best ones are the Seven Elevens. Have you done one of those yet? No, yes, but I go to the Circle K's because they've got the seltzers. <laughs> They're good too. They're I like the seltzers. So anyway, that's my story for the week. So next time, uh, thank you, local ref. Next time well, we play game, next time we play game in Sydney, thank you. Because whatever nice, happened, there wasn't seven cards in your game. I guarantee it. It's a nice little jab at the the Hong Kong refs. They don't listen to this, so it's fine. But they will, they will eventually doesn't matter i've done too much bad already but thank you local ref because <laughs> like like me i was on my knees just praying for the what social- else is happening in the world jed gillespie what's bothering you oh yeah you can do the intro on the balenciaga while i uh turn my aircon on because i'm sweating now are you sweating you turn the aircon on so for any, anyone that hasn't seen balenciaga put out an ad campaign recently with these children holding teddy bears that were dressed in bondage gear which is completely suspicious enough. And yet you actually look at the kids, you're like, this is a fucking weird ad. Have you seen them? Yeah, I've seen the ads. I, I think the ads are fucking weird. But then if you actually look at the paperwork, there's paperwork on a desk, which is you have to zoom in to see it. But apparently it's from like some well-known court case um, against child pornography. And I don't know the details of the court case. But you've got an ad for a fashion brand. Obviously, you you probably know what Balenciaga is, being from the the you know the, the wealthy side of the bridge. <laughs> these kids wearing these kids holding bondage bears with child pornography legal letterhead on a table, and and I, the look, it's been quite interesting to see the reaction from people. The vast majority of sensible people are fucking outraged. As I think you would be, particularly if you had kids, I, I think it's a fair thing. But then you've got a people like Kim Kardashian who just put out a statement today, and obviously she makes a shitload of money from Balenciaga, saying, "Oh, I was waiting to see how they would react and how contrite they were, and you know, I, and my reaction to what's going to happen will depend on what they do." 
rather than just completely yeah. disregarding it. So as I, I saw something just, just before we hopped on saying, imagine if Balenciaga had attacked African-Americans, the, the LGBTQIR plus community, people would be blowing up deluxe, but when they go after kids, whether it's right, wrong or indifferent, people just fucking back down and go, Oh, I don't want to be involved. Very interesting. <laughs> It's very interesting, particularly since, like, if you look at Kanye, and I, I think Kanye has big, big mental problems, like very big ones. But anything he said in the last sort of month, like people have distanced themselves from it immediately, have called it out for being anti-Semitic or like just being fucking lunacy. Like, and he said some crazy shit, crazy, crazy shit. He, he's he's off the chain, but. You'd think it's a no-brainer to distance yourself from something like that overnight. Like, like you saw it, you saw it, didn't you? Like, the, yeah. it, it's fucking weird. It's very, very strange. But the, it also feeds into this, like, almost like conspiracy thing that's gone on for so long about how, like, the 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 left wing, like, child predator. There's like that's all the like deep dark conspiracies. That's their sort of thing, and so it feeds into that, and it. It doesn't help things at all, but brands are constantly trying to be so fucking special and different. That's walking the line, though. Like I, it's, I, it's not walking; it's fucking cross. It's crossing oh, the line. Big time. Wait, hundred percent. I watched this TikTok video that it popped up on my thing from from a well-known fashion photographer. I don't know who the fuck he is. You probably would know, but he's going for that to be approved. The photographer and the whoever the marketing manager would have had to have agreed on that condition they would have had to get it approved by their boss who would have got it approved by their boss it would have to be checked three four five six seven eight nine ten times so it goes through about 10 different cycles before it actually gets printed as an ad for the company so if you think about that how the fuck did that even get out there yeah it's, i mean i'll take you back one more step like these kids are parents yeah well that's right like who's who who's letting them do that these kids have parents like it's it's fucking scary it's fucking scary but it's it's only going to cause more divide in the states just because as people split it 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 actually falls along political lines a little bit how um, does it how does it because i'm telling you that like the the right the left wing sort of conspiracy i mean the right about the left has always been that they remember like fucking the people saying hillary clinton had kids in basements and all sorts of shit like that it falls along those lines where the right are always like, you know, we need to protect the kids from this and that. And they're trying to protect the kids from having their being able to change their gender at the age of four. And it's all just hyper to the extremes of everything. So it, it does fall along those lines. So most of the outrage you'll see is from sort of conservative political comment commentary. And it's, they're obviously far, far, far down the right wing and America's left far, far, far left. It's very, so, it's very interesting to watch. Like even, concerning. I ba barely use Twitter. I got it maybe six months ago to because someone told me it's good to promote podcasts. Please follow us on there. Jed never repost any of my shit. But started following Elon Musk, and I, we talk about him every week. I'm a fan of Elon Musk. Uh, I know some people aren't. Whatever the guy can fly rockets and shit. That's pretty fucking awesome. Created PayPal. Electric cars, smart, smart fucking guy, Jed. You would agree with that. <clears throat> he put out this thing today saying that the freedom of speech suppression 
documents will be officially released on Twitter. The world needs to know exactly what happens. Apparently, Apple is trying to remove the Twitter app from its app store, and they won't tell why. They've also stopped um, advertising on Twitter. Uh, and then he wrote something about how freedom of speech needs to be uh, an absolute priority. I'm not getting the words right. Otherwise, all we can expect is tyranny. And then I've clicked on the little thing to look at some of the comments, and they are just fucking giving it to him. They are giving it to him. Mm. I I don't like I get the argument against it. Like a billionaire buying a social media platform is probably going to be good for business. You know, it certainly would be for wandering bear sports because all yeah. I would be doing is promoting you and trying to make you famous because fuck that would be amusing for me. But it's a very confusing time, Jed. Why do all these people have a voice? Why is the why is the the loudest voice in the room usually the minority? Because the most most people I know seem to be fairly sensible people. Yeah, but like you have to be if you're searching for like a if you're searching for an outlet like that or something <laughs> to be heard, you probably don't have a lot of other shit going on. So like you know most of people who think logically normally aren't you know shouting down Elon Musk or saying everyone should be able to post whatever they want. I mean a private organization like Twitter that was the problem is it was. It's a private company, so it doesn't operate with freedom of speech. Like on Wandering Bear, like we can post whatever we want. If you if you send something in, we don't fucking like it. We wouldn't share it, and that was Twitter. Um, but the problem was it was only sharing one side of the argument, really. So now that two sides are being heard, people aren't very happy. Um, but that's why why not just agree to disagree, move on with your life? Because that's not really the world we live in at the moment. It's the world I live in. It's not, it's not, but it's not the world we live in. Because if you say something, if you it, you can take it to any extent. But if you if you say, you know what, no, I don't really give a fuck about the environment, you'll get absolutely screamed down. You won't be like, you know what, I disagree. You'll be screamed down. If you're like, you're well, I think there's two genders. You'll be screamed down. It won't be like, okay, fair enough, but I don't agree. I'll post my own thing. You post your own thing. It's it's you'll get yelled down. So that's. That's that's just what we deal with at the moment. It's fucked. Yeah, but that's why so many people are so in favor of the Twitter takeover, and that's why so many people are so upset because they haven't had to deal with the other side of the discussion um, for a number of years. You know, if you uh, question if you question if you question you know anything in crime, you're a racist. If you question anything in to do with yeah, maybe I don't want you know kids changing stuff you're a homophobe or you're a, you know you you have issues with trans people like it's it's a you immediately jump to the most extreme outcome that's that's what it's been like i it's concerning it's concerning and i i i find it as as someone i feel like i'm an observer on the outside looking in and it go what the fuck's going on here and do you think it's just an American problem or do you think it's it's basically a world problem? Like, is it something that we're going to have to deal with more and more here in Australia or are, be, are we lucky to be isolated in a way from the rest of the world due to geography? I think we're lucky to be reasonably centrist <laughs> in our thinking. Like we, most people are, even though we depart at times, um, like you would say, Labor and liberal are, are generally quite centrist. They they disagree on some things, but it's not it's not huge. 
it's enough where, you know, Dan Andrews can get reelected and people aren't burning themselves alive or like, you know, fleeing to a different country. Um, I, I don't think we avoid it entirely in Australia though. And I think we, we do have to deal with it at times. I think some of the issues in the States will, will come, will come home here. Um, particularly around all these things, to be honest, around the, the, the things they're grappling with there, we'll grapple with here, but we just don't have that real caucus of like strong radical thought. We don't. It's very small here. That's what we're lucky about that as well. Why do, you think, why do you think Jordan Peterson is so polarizing? Yeah, I, I, saw, I saw that he's touring Australia, which is... I wish I, I wish I'd thought oh, of it, yeah. and I wish I'd known. I would have gone. Well, a few people I know did go. Um, it's funny. I, I don't think. Again, I think it's the. If there's a two five percent of people who disagree with him, I think four of those percent are protesting him. Whereas if there's ninety percent that agree with him, I think eighty eight percent say nothing because they're doing other shit, and they're like, "Yeah, obviously this is logical." Um, he's very logical, dude. He's a clinical psychologist and he, um, yeah, he just represents, he represents in my mind, he represents pure logic. That's it. He doesn't really attach any things to it. I mean, his, his whole thing started not around like him disliking things or liking things. It was that he didn't want the government to be able to tell him what he had to say, not what he couldn't say. So there's things that you shouldn't say, right? There's words that are, extremely racist or there's words that are or, or like calling violence to someone you, you can't say them legally you can't do that you shouldn't say racist things but you can gov the canadian government said you have to now say these things so chubby you have to call someone this if they want to you have to call someone that and that was how this whole thing started so he had an issue with the fact that you could compel him to say something he didn't want to say so that he that was his initial thing. It's you're not telling me what I can't Is say. Is that about the the gender thing? Yes, you're telling yeah. me what I have to say. I have to say this now. And he said this has enormous outcomes down the line. It has. It's a big problem if your government is telling you things you have to say. And that has often been misconstrued. And he's been called like alt right and a white supremacist and all sorts of weird things, which I'll touch on in a minute because that's another thing. But He's just he's become a mouthpiece for logic, and and he sort of gets thrown into these arguments about gender and things like that. And he comes from like a, a scientific psychological background that men and women are different, and that's okay. And thing, things are different. And yeah. I watched this video. Sorry to interrupt you there, but no, no. I, I kind of ties into it. I, I watched this video the other day from this guy, and you know how there's all these like personalities that pop up on the internet trying to make names for themselves. He's some kid that made a bunch of money in his mid to late twenties. And he's, he's like, he decided to look into why he believes that the mainstream mainstream media, whatever that, I hate it when people say that. Cause you sound like a fucking. Yeah. You sound like tinfoil hat. Yeah. Yeah. You sound like it, but he, anyway, I thought it was interesting. He goes, why is the media uh, restricting masculine voices? You know, you think you're Andrew Tate, you're Jordan Peterson's, guys like that who you know polarizing yeah but if you listen to a lot of what these guys say they they um they're aimed at young men they're aimed at personal accountability 
incredibly logical uh, most of the things that they say and they seem to do a lot of good in the world but they're still incredibly polarizing and if you I guess I don't know where I'm going with that, but but what oh, do you think? What do you think it. of that? Because I I look at it. If you look at guys like Cam Haynes, David Goggins, Jocko Willink, Joe Rogan, they, these guys are important for young men because, well, they're very very com, uh, popular amongst young men, and they they tend to uh, talk about all these kind of positive things. You know, doing the right thing, make your bed, work hard go to the gym, eat well, do martial arts, all that kind of shit. Yeah. They seem to be being suppressed a little bit. Like they went even went after Joe Rogan, but they couldn't they couldn't cancel him. Well, in a do you think that's right, a thing? Do you think that's a thing? Yeah, absolutely it's a thing. But in a nutshell, you have negative outcomes from masculinity. Like that they exist. I mean, you you crazy. So you you know hyper masculinity, like that's not a real thing, but like you know, you associate or people would associate violence with masculinity at times, not a lot, but at times, whether it be domestic violence, they, uh, they attribute negative outcomes to it. And therefore the whole thing can't exist. So it's a very naive take on the way the world should operate, given that the people you've mentioned, some of them come from differing and more logical perspectives than other words, like Jordan Peterson's far more logical than not logical, but he presents things in a far more um, swallowable way than Andrew Tate does. But he effectively says, work hard, provide for people around you, and you'll be a good person. You'll get the things you want. Now, there's nothing wrong with those outcomes, but it's they it's associated with the poorest outcomes from that possible situation, which would be you know violence or being a misogynist or things like this. So the, the two are tied in inextricably to each other when you can be masculine and work hard and do hard things and train hard without the negative outcomes. That can exist. Um, but it is a very strange to think that sort of 20 years ago, none of these guys are very groundbreaking. They're really not. No, it's they're just not. they're, they're, they're ex- extruding old school values, really. Yeah, but it's it's not old school values in terms of like, I'm gonna go to work. You you make sure the kids are are clean, and uh, we'll meet back here, or like, or like I'm gonna go to the pub every night. Like it's not like 1940s old school values. It's like work hard, take care of people around you, try and do the best you can. Like that that's a negative now, um, and it's sort of I think it shows where like slowly because most people, like you said, like. <clears throat> yourself would like just sit there and you're happy to just you don't kick back a lot like you're happy to just for things to evolve but it evolves to a point where like things that are traditional and helpful are sort of frowned upon and sort of happened slowly over you know 10 20 years to the point where you got these people who are really espousing quite logical views nothing groundbreaking but they're fucking you know they're front they're front page news they're fucking front page on the internet they're touring the world and it's it's more of a reflection of where society's at with its views than a reflection of those guys. I, I think I think obviously these guys are popular, so their opinions are needed or wanted at the moment. It's I think they're very popular, so I, I, but it's very important that you know it's it's okay to sort of to to be masculine in the same way that it's okay to be feminine. 
and you can have more feminine males more masculine women and it's it's okay to do what you do but without getting tied down into all this crazy crazy shit about you know you can't you, you don't want to be a, a man or you know women have to be women have to be masculine women have to sacrifice x and y like it it's that's sort of where modern po politics and sort of political observers are at and cultural observers whereas they're sort of saying no it's okay to be more traditional it gave us pretty good outcomes for a long time you sound smart as fuck the last couple of minutes I'm, I'm not i'm not i just read i just watch a lot of stuff um the other thing i was going to complain about is yeah, come on way too much so like i said before like people being called misogynist or they're called racist or they're called uh, I, you haven't i'm sure you haven't been following and this isn't a slide on you but because it's not very interesting but the election in melbourne where dan andrews retained dan andrews won again which is i saw scary. that but i haven't followed it or anything no but there was like people throwing around the world he threw around the world nazi in his in his um election campaign as a response to some people who's running against and whatnot what was the context of it though oh the, the, they were more uh, you know what it shouldn't it doesn't fucking matter it doesn't matter I, I suppose my point is like there's just this gut instinct for people to jump to the most extreme fucking word that they can use for someone who disagrees with them and it completely takes away from the actual power of that word like how many fucking times on the internet have you seen someone called a nazi you're a necrophiliac. Like, <laughs> not a good example. <laughs> or like, you're a racist. You're a misogynist. So they, like people jump straight to that, right? Chubby, I, you know what? I disagree with you. you. You don't fully agree with, you know, the, I don't know, BLM, whatever. It doesn't matter. You're a racist. So it's not, the, the fact that these words are used so freely now, like, People weren't throwing around that word in the 40s and 50s just after World War II because it yeah. carried some significant weight as such with, you know, like post-civil uh, rights. Like it wasn't like, oh, we slightly disagree with you. You're a racist now. You're a misogynist. Like the, the words are being used so much um, in arguments and it, with people that it, the that, that also aren't those that also aren't those they're, things. They're destroying, yeah, they're destroying the value that that word <laughs> holds. It's not a positive value, it's a negative value, but that word is now not as useful as it was because you bandy it around every time that you're in a civil discourse or you're in a disagreement. So it's it's you really we gotta stop doing it as a society because they, they carry a lot of weight, these things. They really do. But if if every time, you know you might be representing a certain belief and someone doesn't represent that belief that they turn into a racist or a misogynist or a Nazi or something like that. That word should carry a lot of weight and now it carries nothing because you piss it away all the time. That's a good rant. Yeah. Like the fact that the, the premier of Melbourne could throw that around in anything that didn't relate to literally a death camp is a sad indictment on where Melbourne's at and probably where we're at. Like that, that's okay. You, you went a little bit viral on TikTok this week. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> little bit. I, got, I, I, I feel like it was. I wanted the full context on there because I got a lot of friends who play rugby league. I didn't want them feeling bad. No, but that's what you. That's what we do in the media. We clip it, no, but I didn't make want, it controversial. I wanted the bit where I was like, "Look, I'm a huge fan of rugby league." And start, <laughs> and that wasn't in there. Um, yeah, but. I mean, the Rugby League World Cup is a joke. 
Well, the other thing about I posted a clip on uh, Donald Trump getting back on Twitter and whether that's loud. And you said something about, and this person had a good argument. I barely read the comments. It's a fucking dumpster fire on TikTok. Follow us at Wandering Bear Sports. <laughs> <laughs> but you said that Trump was a very polarizing figure. And this person said that, well, Joe Biden is equally as polarizing, which is pretty fucking true, to be honest. Yeah. So I agree. What, what's the outcome? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Or actually, Kanye West, president. No. Like, what? How do we get out of this? How do we get out of what? I don't know. How do you and I get out of whatever we're doing? Become billionaires, or not even billionaires? Millionaire, being a millionaire would be good. I think we're gonna have to go to like Romania or one of those places that you can go live with the Tate brothers. You can buy your freedom, and everything's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, Biden is equally polarized. That was my point. In another point, is that it was only if you're polarizing from one side that you were being shut down. So no doubt that guy has a MAGA hat on at his keyboard. And I don't disagree with him on the premise, but I'm not sure that I said this last week, that people's reactions to you, so long as your words aren't inciting violence, you should be responsible for. Like if I say, you know what, I'm getting, I'm going to get a big lunch today and fucking hundred thousand people I like fuck you, Jed. You don't deserve that lunch. That's not really. That's not my. That's not my problem. I don't think. You Did know? you get and a big lunch? Did you get a big lunch? You no, lunch? not yet. And I, I will have a big lunch. But what? What did you go to? Charles Hill Farm. Uh yeah, Charles Hill. Charles hundred percent. I had it last night. I had it the night before. Um, it's the best. It's the best part about living in Hong Kong. Yeah, it's really good. It's very cheap. Um, so it's I'm barbecue, to... pork, and rice for anyone listening. It's a Cantonese yeah. specialty. And then no one does it better than the Hong Kongers. No, it's fucking everywhere as well. And I go to, bro, this, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to fucking support local business because I'm a man of the people. I'll go literally like three doors down to this same dude. But every day when I go there, he's like, oh, ho, 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 ho. and I love you because you're a big failure. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck, man, just make me feel normal about ordering dinner every day. Don't make me feel like a fucking piece of shit. But every time I go there, so now I'm like trying to find a new joint because I walk in and he like yells at his manager like I'm ordering the house. I'm ordering a little bowl of rice with a bit of meat on top of it. But every day he's like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Locke and I got drunk with his local Chow Siu Fun guy. And he couldn't speak a word of English, but he loved Locke because Locke's a fucking, he's a degenerate and would always get pissed in his restaurant. So we got pissed in this guy's restaurant, bought him beer, made him drink with us. And we all ended up like completely naked in this Chinese barbecue restaurant at like eight o'clock at night. All the people around have taken photos and shit. It's nice, isn't it? <laughs> it is good. I just thought I'd add that story. I don't know why. No, no, that's, there's nothing right. And I like that. And that's the beautiful thing about this town is that I've only had probably two, maybe a third big night in the whole time, um, which many people would look down upon, but that's probably three times what I'd have in a year in Sydney. Mm. Um you're only two days away from someone else having a really big night, making you feel a lot better about yourself. You're only ever oh, two days yeah. away. You're only ever two days away. So I just had to make it through Thursday, and by Friday, someone else was out on the town. So you know, then you can sit back and hit, pass the torch over. Um, actually, here's a good one. I went to the public hospital here. Oh yeah. Uh, did I tell this story last week? I can't remember. I don't think I did. I you got definitely it. told me, but I I can't remember if you told it on here. Public hospitals. <laughs> fucking i like literally it was like me when you see a guy about my knee just because i've got like i suppose the equivalent of a medicare card here um so i could go and see a guy for free um 
And then there's like just a guy on a thing dying next to me. Like there's a guy on a bed just dying. I'm sort of leaning on the bed. Um, he'd yell out every now and again. Like there's people. You, just, just... you stole his painkillers? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I didn't, but it was like. Why are you winking at me? Uh, mm-hmm. um, it was, I was there for four hours. Um, it was, it was, it wasn't great. But then I thought, you know what? Some public cost was in Australia, particularly on a Saturday afternoon on a sports day can get pretty rough as well. Well, just, uh, just like, just on that one, they don't give a fuck about you because you're not from Hong Kong. And two, like, that's pretty much it. They don't give a fuck about you. Well, the doctor himself was very nice. Nice dude. He's like, oh, you're obviously, you know, let me have a look at your knee. You know, we're going to need MRI. I'm like, thank you, genius. That's why I'm here. I want an MRI. Um, he goes, yeah, so, you know, when people hear they do MRI, I mean, they do ACL, they do this. We just leave. We just leave it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, well, I, I play rugby, so I need to get it fixed. And he's like, okay, okay, I understand. It's different for you. And he was really nice. And then he goes, uh, waiting time MRI, about a year. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's probably not going to work, mate. And he's like, uh, okay, maybe if we do extra three months. And I'm like, that's not going to work either. So they have a... Uh, he like I got to go to a private place to get it. He gave me a referral, but they can't. I go, I need the cheapest one. Like I'm broke as fuck. And he's like, we can't tell you what the cheapest one is. We can give you like eight options and the cheapest one's in there somewhere, but we can't tell you exactly what the cheapest one is. That would be against the law. So I've got this lady cutting like things out of a piece of paper to give me eight different options. So I have the options in my bag somewhere. Maybe you should call this one. Well, I was saying to you, I was leaning over trying to look at the fucking prices. But like, if you get an expensive one, it's like eight or nine grand, which is, you know, 2000 bucks. If you get a cheap one, it's like 2000. So it's 400 bucks. So yeah, it's a joke. But yeah, very, very interesting experience. Um, Wouldn't recommend it. I'm not going back. So what's next for Jed Gillespie? Like literally next? You take it anywhere you want. What are you going to do? I've got to clean the house. Um, Grange's girlfriend's moving in today. So she's just flown in from Hong Kong. I mean, from Australia. Um, And she also lives on the Central Coast like Grange did. So obviously everything is new to her because the Central Coast is 95 years behind the rest of society. Um, So I've got to clean the house one. I've just got a photo from him saying, please clean the house. So I've got to do that. Um, Make sure I've probably got to buy a candle as well smells sometimes in here um so that's and then i'm gonna go get a tan so the sun's back out it's been raining for four or five days so i'm gonna get i'm gonna get some sun that's what's next for me <laughs> nice mate that's that's good it's a good life for some yeah well i'm meant to be i'm meant to be uh there's a birthday dinner on tomorrow night in shangwan and i don't know if i can do it i mean i'll be there but i don't know if i can do what it's being expected of me. Don't just have a few and then go home. <laughs> that that is on, possible. That is when possible. Last, time. When was the last time you did that? You fucking hack. Oh, Friday, I think. No, I've been good lately. I was bad on Saturday though. I was bad did on you Saturday. Go bad? Yeah, I went to Pony's house for like two drinks and ended up having half a bottle of whiskey. And I didn't go to jujitsu on Sunday or Monday. You know. Yeah, that's one. I will say, I, I don't like being injured again. It fucking sucks. <laughs> my, knee, my knee hurts. 
Um, so like the walking lifestyle where you're just constantly walking, like I'd walk everywhere, walk to the club, walk back, walk somewhere else. It's sort of cut that get- in half. I've got to get a cab now. That's awesome. Are you going to play shoot shield when you get back? No. What are you going to do? Are you going to coach? What's uh what's the plan? Uh, I don't know. I don't have any plans to coach at the, at the moment. I'd li- like I'd like to, but I know that um, I'm not like this season. I won't be coaching because the season's already started. And, um, I'm currently evaluating uh, some different options. Ooh, none what's of them that? got to do with anything. What does that so, mean? No, they, they, oh, okay. they don't have to do with anything exciting. It's just got to do with it's it's a funny Life. one, right? Because yeah, because rugby is forever something great to be involved in and also something perpetually holding you back that's so true in my opinion perpetually at at our level it is that's so true well it's put like for 10 years 12 years from leaving school don't know only play for 10 so for 10 years it's like something outstanding something to you get a lot of your inspiration from your training your drive you meet all these fucking wonderful people but for me particularly it perpetually hold me back from doing anything else or doing anything else where you're fully committed to that thing. Um, like even last year, you know, coaching, loved it. It was great. Um, it was very difficult at times, but, you know, between 20, 30 hours a week, probably more than that. Um, like what, what the fuck are you supposed to do in that other time? Or like, even if I was working with my uncle, how can I fully, I'm not fully committed to working with my uncle. Like I can't work late. I can't, get there early i can't plan other things because i'm busy doing other shit so it's something that you know is a great opportunity and equally at the same time always holding you back from doing from committing to something else yeah no i agree kate just got on hello kate yeah so i got a- no, right. she says sorry and then just stands in the camera <laughs> yeah, just, sorry and then just comes closer <laughs> to the camera and just yeah, starts so farting you gotta yeah just figure that out. i'm just trying to i'm trying to figure out that that's all i'm trying to figure out because like even if i had some sort of partial involvement with someone somewhere that's time allocated that i'm not allocating to something else no i i agree i've i've said this to probably a bunch of times on here i think the best way to approach a sporting career whether it's semi-professional or professional is it's a highly enjoyable serious hobby that you take very seriously but it shouldn't be how you make your money if you can make money doing something else selling a product having a business and it's not easy for everyone but i think I think you can certainly start to do that. Um, then that's probably the way to go so that you can continue to coach, but you have this business that creates money for you so that you can spend your time coaching. I think if I think that's probably the ideal way to go about it. Um, I haven't exactly got it right. I'm, I'm kind of lucky that my work's pretty remote so that I can do it from anywhere. Um, otherwise, it'd be hard to do what I'm doing. But I, I agree with you. I, I think a lot of people put their life on hold, chasing the the egg around the world for a few years. Um, yeah, I, but that's I, why. I, that's why I think agree. like coming here has been very positive. Whatever happens, whether I'm, my knee's fine next week and I get to play a few more games, or my knee's completely fucked, it's been positive because it gives you it gives you a little bit of perspective on where you want to be and what you want to be doing. And I think it probably this age, like I want to be closer to my family and my friends. Like I think when, you, when you're 30, you, your friends are really your friends. Um, so like I do miss my friends back home. It'd be good, my, you know, your parents, not that my parents are ancient, fuck, they'd hate hearing that, but they're 59 or whatever. So, you know, you want to be spending more time in and around them. Um, so it's been positive in that respect. 
but yeah i'm not sure what that what the point of that was but yeah the, no, uh, that, I, I suppose the, the general point is that yes it's very rewarding in a lot of respects rugby but it, yeah it's it's it always it also holds you back non-stop well i think Look, we, we've talked about this before, but the expectations between now and 2015, 2013, 2010 even, have gone through the roof. Uh, and I don't believe the money has uh, gone up to match the extra requirements on you. So it's... Uh, no, I mean, the, I mean, from Eastwood's perspective, like, I don't think... Eastwood's always a reasonably well-paying club, even though the financials are fucked. Um, of the, and like, there has been no funding for a long time until recently. Um, actually, which is something else we're talking about. But the the like payments haven't gone up in you know seven years or something. So and like, and I'm sure that we're not the only club. Uh, no, so I've, I've been cl- quite close to. Yeah, it, it's a lot of clubs are on par with what they used to be. Yeah, so like the 400 bucks you made when I was 18 was pretty good. 400 yeah. bucks you make when you're 28 it's not as good no. it's not because you're 28 because the, the money's actually worthless yes. like you could buy i don't want like I, you literally start sounding like your parents to something you know i realize but like when i tell stories about buying schooners for three dollars like <laughs> first schooner i bought was 350 yeah like there used to be a special down at Easton somewhere and it was three dollars you know 50 or 40 or something like that like you literally can't get as much for the four hundred dollars as you used to, so yeah. it's not as worth as much. Um, on a side note, I saw that I've not been really keeping track of. I don't go on Facebook very often, but Eastwood's got mass. Eastwood's got problem with its field now. Have you seen anything about that? No. Their their pro- development proposal has been like rejected or something out west. So now they've got a development proposal that's rejected out west. I think this is me at a very, very thin level yeah, of knowledge. Yeah. Surface level. And you've also got um, like local MPs and stuff petitioning for nothing for TG Milner to not be developed. So you got war on two fronts. So does that mean that they don't get their money? Correct. <laughs> but like the the way that the oh mate, it's it's there's a literal war on two fronts. So it's like you know, they haven't been getting their money anyway because the RSL and the developer were in some sort of financial issue, probably to do with the fact that they couldn't develop. So they've been paying default payments rather than the actual payments. Yeah. So Eastwood, despite the fact that you've mentioned it many, many times, don't actually very, have... Very rich club. Don't very have rich. billions of dollars because they've been getting default payments on the payment rather than... So they've been getting $100 rather than 1000 Um as a penalty rather than an actual payment. Yes. But fucking Lord knows what's going to happen there because that is a nightmare. That is an absolute nightmare. Well, the wildfires aren't far away from Eastwood. So quick trip up the M1, guys. I can fit a couple of you in with me. <laughs> Head on up there. Look, I'd, there'd be a lot worse places to play than the wildfires. I'll, I'll happily state that on the record. I think they can probably, confirm. I think they'd probably make my top couple great great place merry weather baths first thing on a sun sunny morning commonwealth well, pub you know best what? pub you know food what? i've ever had i might i might go to cowra and should <laughs> what could i what could i Cowra's actually got some nice places there. what could i open there that could make money hair salon <laughs> no they got a good breakfast place but they've only got one maybe a, a good cafe good cafe 
But are people are people flooding in for a latte midweek, or are they on the I tractor? What if I, you? Flew, what I, if it's surprisingly the busy there? If you took the van around. Yeah, coffee van. Mum, mum had a good little thing going there. I think there's other people doing it now. Uh, mum yeah. was there for a year. I think she what was one of the. What if, what if you got the van? You filled it with drugs. And you took that. Around. Oh, that would work there. That would work there. <laughs> yeah, a drug van would work. <laughs> it would work. Yes. Can we get it licensed? Holy Mate, shit. Uh, oh, I don't know if I should tell this story. No, I'm not going to tell it. But shout out to Tom Cummins. Um, <laughs> I know he's listening. I was yeah. going to tell the story about the pub in Condoblin, uh, maybe a couple of months ago, Tom. But I won't do that. unless If you hear this and you give me permission, let me know and I'll do it next week. Be a good way to incentivize moving to the country or moving further west if the government had to... Why don't I fucking... Politician. politician. It's fucking that's what this pol- that's what this Fuck. podcast should be about. Yeah. You becoming be, a politician. It'd be a great way to incentivize. I can only imagine that in like 10 years, there's like one of those eight-part crime docos. And this is just the first two episodes where they're like, as you can see, he slowly got derailed. And he um, loved Jordan Peterson. Yeah, still that I won't won't never deny that. But like the further you head west or the further you head into remote countries, the more relaxed laws become. To a point where if you're in Alice Springs, there is no laws. But at Cowra's point, like everything's relaxed a little bit. So like marijuana's legal, um, other drugs are more legal, but like with less punishments. You're telling me like that's a great way to incentivize people heading out there. If someone breaks into your house, you can slap them around a bit. Um, there's an idea if government, if you're trying to combat, you know, the urban density, the population or any issues there, just slowly tilt it. Beautiful place, Kiara, too, just quietly. <laughs> when not underwater, it's beautiful. When underwater, but great great fishing town. Even the drive out there through the mountains all the way out to Kiara, it's just magic. Magical at, part of the world. Stopping at Lithgow Maccas, oh, Lithgow KFC. Oliver's a couple of times. I'll tell you what, I will admit my Maccas consumption, despite the fact that um, I'm getting increasingly sexy the longer I stay here, my Maccas consumption has gone up. Um, it's a very, very cheap food source here. Very cheap. What's the very burrito cheap. place that's everywhere? Is that still there? Burrito? It's, it's like a Mexican place. In Lanquifong, there's like one. There used to be one right in the center. I don't know. Since COVID, it might have fucked off. But No, mate, the Maccas is constantly, all hours of the day, it is packed. Absolutely fucking packed. But a double cheeseburger for, you know, $3, you, you can't. Can't shake bit of your protein, head bit of protein, you need, mate. You need sustenance. Sustain me. Bit of protein. Sustain um, me. Do you know that Callum Chubb's almost 28? Really? That's fucking yeah, wild to me. That's fucking wild. Anyway, yeah, let's wrap this up. Any rants or anything to finish this incredible oh, podcast? You know on? what? I would say this. I, the, I was just scrolling through the internet um, before I got on here. Melbourne was named one of the friendliest cities in the world. I'm not sure I'd agree with that. <laughs> Either. I love Melbourne. I think it's cool. I lived there for, uh, for a while. I would love to have lived there for rugby or no rugby. I think it's a cool place. I could have lived there for a while. Um, friendliest cities in the world? Don't know about that, though. Um, the fact they've been locked in their house for four years is probably an indication that maybe it's not a friendly city in the world. Uh, that's but- that's an, How do they... Who that goes to every... They go to every city. city in the world and they go, oh... They're, they're saying hello to me. Like I don't, I don't think I had someone be nice to me once for the three or four months I was in Melbourne. 
No. If we're going to, but like, I, I th- it was like Lonely Planet or one of those like places that does proper things. I was like, geez, I tell you what, they mustn't have gone many places this year. Because I, I, not that Melburnians are not nice, but they're like, I found it a massive sea change for people when I'd walk the streets in San Diego to say, hey, good morning, bro. Good morning, buddy. How are you? I'll be like, what? What the fuck are you doing? Like people would say hello to you, ask you how your day's going. May you go you- anywhere, anywhere in country New South Wales, everyone says hello. Yeah, it was just very, it's very different. So I think there's a lot of friendlier places than Melbourne. Um, coffee destinations, Melbourne's probably up there. Melbourne, um, Canberra. Sydney's pretty good. Fuck, Canberra. Canberra, you know what? Anyone from Canberra, close your ears. Canberra fucking sucks. And I Never had a bad day there. Never had a oh, bad meal there. Never so had a bad boring. coffee there. It's Never like, had a bad night out there. What's that movie where everything's in fucking black and white and they don't get <clears> color? <throat> I can't remember, but it's that's what going to Canberra is like. Uh, every time show. is that in black and white no but it's like that it's like it a manufactured like, manufactured it's, 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 city well it is it is a manufactured city by nature well, all um, cities are manufactured but no this was pre-designed it was not sprawled it's on a grid but it's fucking you drive in there and you get off there and you go to the crown or wherever you stay it is so fucking crap i'm sorry i'm sorry but it sucks Never had a wait. never had a bad coffee drink anything there. Never had a bad <laughs> night out there. Boring. It's so boring. <coughs> and from now on, your coffee, which I'm sure they make lovely coffee there, you're gonna have to put it into your fucking Tesla because that's the only cars you can get there. Shout out to Elon and David Poker. Big fan of the podcast, Dave. They got it. I'm got him coming on next week. Actually, bullshit. No. Fuck me. You should have got me on for that one. I'd love to debate a few things with him. Um, but yeah, no, Canberra, Canberra sucks. All right. Well, um, <laughs> so that's a really positive way to end a very positive podcast. <laughs> that made anyone in Sydney and whoever else is probably going, yeah, it does suck. That's probably chirped. That, that's cheered them up on their way to work. Yeah. Look, um, we're very appreciative of anyone that bothers listening to this thing the whole way through. If you have listened, please like, subscribe, share, tell a friend, be a friend. Last week, I put on here that we were doing a, uh, a quiz, prize-giving thing. Whoever sends Jed the most annoying rugby influences, uh, you probably won't get a prize, but I will. you'll win my love. That got cut out oh, last do, week. So. We could do a prize. We could do, we could do a um, – yeah, we can do something. We can do some, we, I'm sure we can sort out a caffeine gum and a fucking – so Maybe I'm a Jed Gillespie insult video to use for your promotional business. Hong Kong uh, Football Club cut off sock because it was too long. There you go. Signed to your house with a packet of gum on the inside of it. You can use it for anything you like. I can only imagine what some people would use that sock for. All right. Uh, yeah, I got nothing else. So we we summed it all up pretty nicely. Um, Man, I get, I, I get a lot of those videos sent to me. I, I, I like I really it. a lot. There was lot. there was someone doing push-ups on other people's necks the other day. I'm just like, oh my god, people's <laughs> necks. Oh, I get so many sent to me, so many, and I've started to ignore them. But mostly, I've just got to copy paste. Fuck you, which I send back. But it doesn't stop people. No, people I'll enjoy. I'll never you. stop. I think I'm going to film a parody one. I've decided to use my free time. I'm just going to get like this water bottle and a fucking frisbee and. Maybe some roller skates and film a how to run good unders lines or something. You should try and be the world's worst rugby influencer. You'll blow up. That's not a bad idea. 
because some of them don't try and be terrible and they are and that they blow up because they're terrible but they don't know that they're terrible Hmm. yeah oh, look I, I was thinking about it the other night while i was lying in bed i was like I, if i just had a frisbee a tennis ball or anything but a rugby ball and then like something completely irrelevant to rugby so maybe like a, a balloon and <laughs> some roller skates and like a skateboard i could film a fucking hell of a you know working on your reflexes this is how you catch pass um sort of thing so i'll, I'll look into that if you any catch video- a ball apologies go <laughs> if there's any videographers in hong kong um they want to work with me on this one drop drop me a dm um and we'll head down to the local park and sort something out the pay is low and the work is hard <laughs> the pay is low the work <laughs> is hard and the boss is very lazy and but he will I'm... sexually harass you no Chubby, no 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 oh. no it's time to fucking end this motherfucker all right well it's a pleasure as always thanks to everyone for listening And without further ado, please buy caffeine gum or fuck you.